Hey everybody, my name is Alan Gigax and welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. Today we are going to talk about management decisions, uh, following management instructions and making them make the decisions that they are supposed to make. So I'm sure you guys have all heard the union uh, say this little bon mot that, uh, that I really like it. It is that management has the right to mismanage. You know, management can do stupid things, they can stay stupid things, they can violate the contract, they can do all this stuff wrong, and that is their privilege. They have the contractual right to make management decisions, and we have to obey them. And that's what we're going to talk about today, kind of an overview of what you're supposed to do when management gives you bad instructions, how you make management give you better instructions, and how you put the burden on them for what they're supposed to do. So, Starting out, one of the most fundamental rules of our job is that we're supposed to follow management instructions. Whatever they tell us to do, even if it's stupid, we have to do it. And so if they tell us, like, we're casing mail and we've been in the office too long, and look, my office times are too long, I need you to clock to the street, is that a valid instruction? No, because you're still doing office work. But if they tell you to do it, you have to do it. If they tell you that, oh, the clerks are running behind schedule, I need you to go in the parcel pit and throw parcels, are you supposed to do that? No, clerks are supposed to do that. But if management tells you to do it, yes, you're going to go in the pit and you're going to pull throw parcels. We have an eight-hour guarantee if you're a full-time regular carrier or a full-time carrier. Uh, full-time flexibles also have it. Where if you're scheduled and you come in, you are guaranteed eight hours of work. If you are a PTF or a CCA, maybe it's four hours or two hours, whatever it is, you have those guarantees. So we had a station here in Las Vegas a while back where a CCA was brought in and there was no work for them to do. And the supervisor said, well, I'm not going to pay you to do nothing. Go out in the parking lot and pull the weeds. And that's what that supervisor had, to, or that's what that CCA had to do. We have to follow those instructions. Now, there may be grievances on the backside, and we'll talk about those a little bit later, but the golden rule is when management tells you to do something, you do it. There are exceptions to that, however, and you need to know the exceptions. Exception number one is if it is unsafe, and unsafe means that it has to put you in jeopardy of life and limb. So if you do your vehicle ch check in the morning and you find that your truck has no brakes and you say hey i can't drive this truck because it has no brakes and they tell you well we don't have any more trucks so you got to drive that truck anyway just try to drive slow um obviously that's an extreme example but that would be the type of order that you could disobey because clearly that's going to put you in serious jeopardy but maybe you go out to do your vehicle inspection and you find that the four-way flashers aren't working. And so you report that to management and they say, well, you don't really need the four-way flashers. It's not required. You can deliver the mail anyway and, you know, it's no big deal. So there you're going to have a tougher argument of saying that the four-way flashers puts you in jeopardy of life and limb. You might still be able to make that argument, but that's going to be tougher. Uh, generally, you're going to be expected to obey those instructions unless it's something egregious. The next exception is if it is unethical. A good example of this that was happening for a long time at my station in particular is falsifying scans on parcels, where at the end of the day, they just want you to get off the street. And so they say, bring back whatever parcels you have and just scan them as no access or animal interference in order to stop the clock. That is unethical. Falsifying things is unethical. Creating false documents is unethical. 
when management falsified our heat training records, mine included, that was unethical and they should be held to account for that. So if management tells you to do something that you know is unethical, you are going to say no to that. And you can't, I mean, they could try to get you in trouble, but it's not going to stand. All right. And then the third exception is if it is illegal, they definitely cannot tell you to do things that are illegal. You know, something crazy would be like, hey, go help me rob this bank. And obviously you're going to say no to that and you'll be perfectly justified in doing so. But they also can't supersede local laws. And where this might come up as a more practical matter is traffic violations, specifically parking. And I'll give you an example of a story that happened in the Carrier Academy back when I was teaching that. I was talking to the students about parking and how we can't park in a red zone. Uh, In a loading zone, maybe you could park, but this is like a fire lane. You can't park in the fire lane. You can't park in the handicapped spot. You can't double park, all that stuff. You can stop in some of those places and you just hop out, hop back in. But we're talking about parking and like going inside the building. So you can't park there. And one of the students told me about on their shadow day, they had a delivery into a um, grocery store. And the guy just stopped his truck right in front of the front door of the grocery store in the red zone, in the fire lane, went inside the grocery store, picked up his stuff, and then came back out and got in the truck. And the the student was saying that seems reasonable because if you're going to go and park like in the parking lot, that's going to take a bunch more time. And that seems unreasonable to have to go park in a legal spot. And my argument was, well, you can't park in a red zone. You're going completely away from the truck. That's illegal parking. And we went back and forth on this for a while until just coincidentally, a supervisor came rolling into the carrier academy. And I said, oh, supervisor, this is perfect. I got a question for you. And I posed the scenario. It's a red zone in front of the grocery store. You're going in to make your delivery. Do you have to park in a legal spot or can you park in that red zone? And the supervisor hemmed and hawed for a while and then said, all right, let me put it to you another way. Let's say the supervisor or let's say the carrier is parked in that red zone and somebody hits their truck. Somebody crashes into the back of their truck and dents it all up. Are you going to discipline the carrier for that? And he goes, oh yeah, of course I would. And so there's your answer, everybody. No, if you violate the law, you are definitely subject to discipline. And if management tells you to violate the law, no, you do not do that. So those are your three exceptions. Um, Unsafe, unethical, illegal. Other than that, we have no basic right of refusal. As a general rule, we cannot say no. There is another exception that I absolutely love, which is we can say no if the right of refusal has been granted as part of an award from a grievance. Corey told a story about this on From A to Arbitration, where carriers had been forced into mandatory overtime so much and had their 1260-hour limitations violated so much that eventually they won a grievance that gave them the right to refuse that, no, I'm not going to go over this hours limit again. And they could say no. But except for those carriers, sorry, Charlie, we have to comply. And as the union always says, you comply now and grieve later. So management's going to tell you to do something that you know violates the contract. What do you do? Do you fight them about it? Well, you can't fight them. You're not going to win that fight. It's just going to lead to more discipline. But what you can do, and I think you should do, is at least let them know that they're violating the contract if you know that they are. They're going to do it anyway, but then when you write your statement and your union steward gets a hold of it, well, now we can show that they were 
what we call willfully disregarding the contract. They showed a willful disregard of the contract. And that is very helpful in a grievance because they can't claim ignorance. They can't say, oh, it's just a weird situation. I didn't know that was a problem. They knew exactly what they were doing and they did it anyway. But regardless, you still have to do what they say. So that's management instructions. Now there's a beautiful flip side to all of this and I take a lot of pleasure in it. It's that you have the right and the obligation to make management do their job, to make them give you proper instructions or to make them make decisions. They signed up for this stuff and it's really cool to make them have to do it. So let me give an example of a management decision that you will make them make. Today's ad day. It's Tuesday. That's when we get ads here. And so I'm going to need overtime because now I've got an ad that's going to every single house. It fills up my satchel, whatever. So now that I know I'm going to need, let's say, an hour of overtime, it raises a question. Is it better for the post office to pay me that hour of overtime to complete my route? That's option number one. They pay me an hour of overtime and I go clean. Option number two. They can pay a CCA to take an hour of my route of auxiliary assistance. So I only get eight hours. I don't have to go into overtime. And they pay the CCA, who makes a lot less money than I do. Or, option number three, should we just save the ads for another day and I'll get my eight hours today? That would be curtailment. So what is the best decision? What is best for the post office? Well, I don't know and I don't care. That is not my decision to make. That is management's decision. You don't make that decision. That is what management gets paid to do. In fact, it would be inappropriate for you to make that decision. If you made that decision on your own, you could be disciplined for that. Even if you did what management ultimately would have done. All those three alternatives, every single one of them, requires management approval. If you are going to go on overtime, management has to approve that overtime. If another carrier is going to take off auxiliary assistance, management has to approve that. And if mail is going to be delayed, management has to approve that too. And we talked about the delay of mail in my episode on the 1571. Do go back and give that a listen if you haven't already. So anyway, your responsibility is to fill out the 3996 honestly. And let management know, hey, I'm going to need an hour of overtime to go clean. And then they decide what's the best course of action to take. It's the same process if you're out on the street and you realize that you're going to need overtime. Uh, remember in this case that whatever time you put on the 3996, that is your estimate of how long it's going to take you. How long is it actually going to take? Well, we won't know until you're done delivering it, but that was my good faith estimate. But then it turned out that I had tra uh, road construction out on my route that delayed me or I had a street that was closed and I had to go, oh, that would be road construction. Or I don't know, some third form of road construction. Or my favorite one is I had lunch at the taco shop and now I wound up having to have a bunch of extra comfort stops. Whatever it is, that estimate that I gave you in the morning, not my commitment, that is a bogus word that management uses to try to pressure you. It is your estimate and your estimate wound up being wrong. So now I'm going to need another hour of overtime. So we have the same process. We have an obligation to inform management and to be honest in what we're reporting. And then it is their duty to decide what you want, what they want to do about it. Do they want you to keep delivering? 
Are they going to send you help in the hope that they can get you off earlier? Are they going to tell you to come back? Or are they going to tell you to curtail the rest of your ads or, or whatever it is? Whatever it is they tell you to do, that's their decision, and you're going to follow that instruction. And if they tell you to come back, like they say, well, I need you off the street by 6 o'clock, that's your instruction. You come back to the street, or you come back off the street before 6 o'clock. And whatever mail you had left over, you're going to fill out a thirty-nine or a 1571 undelivered mail report, and management's going to sign off on that, because you are following their instructions. Uh, also, you need to be aware, since we're talking about it, that any overtime you have has to have a 3996 to go with it. Otherwise, it could be considered unauthorized overtime. So maybe you're going to have an eight-hour day, and then you ate at the taco shop, and now I'm going to need a half hour of overtime. So you let them know, and then you come back a half hour late. When you get back, you're supposed to fill out that 3996. You put your reasons in box J, um, the poopy pants, and then you'll turn that in and then you're covered. Remember guys, the whole point of this podcast is to make you discipline proof. Going over the time in and of itself is not worthy of discipline. It's when you don't inform them that you open yourself up to discipline. All this stuff is well and good, but I know for some of you, you have terrible management and they don't give you good instructions. What are you supposed to do then? So what if they give you an invalid instruction or a contradictory instruction? The most standard one is, I need you to deliver all your mail and be off the street by 1800. Dude, you can't do that. You just told them you can't do that. And you're being honest. No, it's going to take me longer than that. What the hell are they, what are you supposed to do? Well, it's a crap situation for them to put you in, but ultimately they have to choose one or the other. I can either be back by 1800 or I can deliver all the mail. I can't do both. And I just told you that. I wrote it down on the 3996. But you can't go back and forth with this. With management, you're going to have to get a union steward involved and they'll help to resolve things. I know we have supervisors out there who are intransigent and they will not give up on this fight. So... You put it off, hey, I'm going to do the best I can, and I'll call you at 2 o'clock to let you know how I'm doing, or 3 o'clock, or whatever the reporting time is at your station when you check in. You know, you send a text through RIMS and let them know. Oh, incidentally, if you send them that kind of a message through RIMS, as a union steward, I find it really helpful if you have the message expire after 15 days instead of 5 days, because then if anything comes up discipline-wise, we can still recover that message from the, from the RIMS system. All right, so anyway, they have to choose one or the other, that you can either um, deliver all the mail or you can be back by 1800 And if they refuse to give you an instruction and then you don't get an instruction later in the day, you bring that mail back and they're going to have to sign a 1571 because they gave you the instruction to bring the mail back. Uh, and if they try to discipline you for that, well, that's going to be a pretty easy one for your union to win, or at least it should be. What if they give you no instructions at all? What if you realize you're running late and they call you or you check in at 2 o'clock and they just never respond. Well, maybe where you deliver, there's a standing policy. And so you need to, you're going to need to get with your union steward for that on the standing policy. Here in Las Vegas, Union 2502, we actually have a signed paper that says there is a standing policy to deliver all the mail. So if you wind up delivering all the mail, we got you covered. We got your back. But generally, 
if there's no standing policy, you're going to bring the mail back and you're going to fill out a 1571. And that forces the issue with your supervisor. And again, that's a beautiful thing to be able to force them to put them on the spot instead of them always doing it to us. And when you bring that mail back, they're going to have to either sign that 1571 and have all that mail delayed, or they're going to have to instruct you to continue delivering. And that's, uh, that's nice, you know, to make them tell you what to do. And, and, and you put that back on them. So there are some decisions that you make as carry, you make uh, decisions all the time. Am I going to go across this lawn? Am I going to pull this mail? Is this mailbox too full? You make all kinds of decisions. Uh, but the big stuff is generally reserved for management and wherever possible, you want to put that burden of decision on management make them make that decision and then you follow their instruction and as long as you're following their instructions you're not going to get into trouble you you make yourself bulletproof so it's a it's a rare thing to be able to turn the tables on management and i recommend you take full advantage of it so by following management instructions you grieve later uh it sucks but that's the job we signed up for and there's not a lot i can do about that but at least if you follow their instructions, even if they're stupid instructions, it's just another way to make yourself discipline proof. And that is the whole point of this podcast. All right. So that is my topic for today. Nice short one. I think I got through this one without coughing, unlike the last JCAM episode. Oh, that was rough. All right. So if you have topic ideas, I'm starting to slow down here a little bit. So if you have topic ideas, feel free to send them to me at classesofmail at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. My name is Alan Gigax, A-L-A-N-G-E-G-A-X. And I always take messages from people. I'm always happy to hear from you. And I still have some more uh, episodes in the pipeline. I'm going to keep reading the JCAM. And until then, take care of yourselves out there, guys. And... Um, make now I can't even remember how I say it well anyway uh, make yourself discipline proof and I'll catch you next